welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus. I'm your host. And with me this week, I have got Tom Palmer, author of over 30 books, including historical and sports fiction for younger readers. Welcome to the clubhouse, Tom. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. Cheers. Oh, no, it's, it's our pleasure. Um, what we'd like to do with all our new authors who join us here at Big Kids Book Club is get to know them a little bit better and so our listeners can know them. So wondering if you can give us a, a bit of a, a tailed story about how you came to become a, an author, sort of your writing journey and how you got to where you are right now. Sure, yeah. Um, I struggled to read, to read when I was younger. I wasn't a, a keen reader. But my mum knew the, the, the benefits of reading and she got me into reading using football. So she got me reading newspaper articles, magazines and books about football. And gradually I became someone who loves reading. And that is what turned me into a writer. But in the, in the same way as I got into reading through football and now read much more broadly, I got into writing through football. So the first few books I did were football, then rugby. And I kind of spread out into history. And as, as I became more confident as a, as a writer, yeah, because you have got that real uh, back catalogue in the sports sort of field. You've got the Football Academy series, of course, Roy the Rovers for for the big football nuts. They'll know of that series. And then you you mentioned uh, you've got some rugby as well. I think you've got Scrum Academy. Yeah, yeah. And it's been really good. Barrington Stoke, my publisher, um, has let me publish rugby books. And a lot of publishers weren't that keen, but they've, they've been brilliant. And um, I've done um, a couple of other sports. And I suppose the main one, fell running. I've done a, a running book as well. Yeah. And have you found actually that when you're writing these books, because you can tap into that sort of that natural progress of you as the reader, do you find that often you're imprinting that same level of like learning to love reading through your writing? Yes, absolutely. When I'm writing, I'm very conscious of of the reader and keeping them entertained. I often I often think it might be being read aloud, like in a classroom or at home to readers reluctant and and not and I think it's really important to not to put barriers in the way of of readers and that I'm being published by Barrington Stowe is great because they they do a lot of work in that area so definitely yes I do I do think of myself as a reader but I mean I do I do a lot of school visits and meet children and they're very upfront with telling me what they like and what they don't like and that helps me decide how to write as well. Yeah, I guess that that initial feedback of, you know, what kids actually want to read and write and you're sort of blending that with your own experiences. So with that sort of blend, was that what made you sort of like almost blend two genres with the sports fiction and the historical? I'm thinking especially stuff like Over the Line, which is sort of football and historical. Yeah, definitely. I, I knew I wanted to do history books, but I didn't really feel confident enough to do it. I thought you had to be an expert in, in history, every, all history. But actually, I think the football gave me the confidence. And then I got the confidence from the football side of it because I already knew what I was doing there. Um, and the history sort of came from it. And I realised, though, that it's research. It's People don't have an innate knowledge of, of history. They, they learn about it by reading about it, watching films and listening to, to podcasts about it. So that, for me, 
gave me the confidence. Then once that book went down, okay, I sort of moved on to doing other history books, even without football, which was good, quite refreshing in some ways. Yeah, and it does seem like you've actually touched upon some really nice things that I wanted to bring up, which was, it is that sort of that touchstone, that first sort of like dipping your toes into the history pond, as it were. You mentioned that you're working with Barrington Stoke, who do tend to do a lot more accessible books uh, for younger readers. Did you find that working with a publisher that targets a sort of more reluctant reader audience made it easier for you to then sort of like engage with a a subject that you were you yourself were sort of like hesitant to sort of like jump into yeah so I really like being love being published by Barrington Stoke they they think about when when they're editing me they think about the the reader they say what would our readers think of this and how would they feel about um, this story and the way you've written I think a publisher that does that that is thinking about their readers their consumers their their base of, of readers I think that really helps me know that they're the right publisher for me because I'm thinking about the readers in the same way that as a reader myself, I struggled a lot. And another way that you make yourself very accessible to those readers is you've actually got um, quite a successful YouTube channel that you, you allows you to sort of have another sort of avenue of engagement. Of course, you know, the written word as it were, but actually being able to in- see authors, not so much as this shadow behind a writing desk somewhere, but actually a person that they can engage with, which yeah, videos yeah. do. I, I agree. And, and visiting schools and being doing virtual visits and the YouTube channel, I think make readers, children in particular, understand that writers are just normal people. We're not anything special. Um, we're just normal people who work hard and want to want to write stories. And I, I do, yes, I do find that when, actually, when you meet children, sometimes they're slightly in awe of the author arriving, but within a minute or two, you see them with any author, not just me, you see them realise they're just normal people. And then children think by the end of the class session, they're thinking, I could be a writer, you know. I think that's one of the main things why it's so good to get authors into schools is that to broaden children's horizon. I, I genuinely thought you could not be a writer if you were from Leeds and from Leeds. <laughs> I thought you had to be from London and posh and rich and all these things that I'm not. And But once I realised there are books by authors from Yorkshire and all over the country, that made me think maybe I could do it. And I think that's why author visits are so good. And in this uh, strange time that we're in at the moment, the the idea of being virtual as that, um, do you find that you know virtual author visits are still a possibility and still just as engaging for the children who are able to participate? Yeah, I would. I, most virtual author visits go really well. I think with if you've got the teacher working with you to field questions and just to be that little link between between the screen, it helps a lot. Certainly, most of them, I would say, most of them sort of reach about ninety percent of the impact of a in-person virtual visit. But I, I have to be honest. I think actually meeting the children in person is even more effective. But I've, I've done some virtual visits this week and they've been brilliant and really good fun and the children have responded really well. So I do I do think it's worth it. And it's, I mean, it's like like if you want to meet your family, but you can't, yeah. it's better to meet them virtually than not at all, isn't it? But it's oh, yeah. never actually like being in the same room as them. No, no, but you, you're right. And the fact that we have the opportunity to do that because of virtual means these days is fantastic and at this the time of recording we're actually looking ahead to almost november now and we've got something that's quite keen for the historical side of things is you're doing a lot of virtual remembrance sessions uh, online and i believe when this podcast goes live you would have just released some stuff on youtube 
Yes. So what what I was planning on doing we've on on my website um, for each of the books after the war over the line D Day Dog and Armistice Runner um, and other books there are resources that link literacy and history and war um, for schools to use and they're all free but so what I thought I'd do is like promote them and get more schools using them but also I'm going to do an assembly a pre-recorded assembly that schools can use on Remembrance Day and Remembrance Sun or up to Remembrance Sunday and um, but I'm also going to do a live chat half one on the is it Wednesday the 11th I, can't I think remember. it's Wednesday the 11th yeah, yeah this Wednesday year the 11th, in, in the afternoon sort of Q&A with any children who want to ask questions about the books because I, I, it's amazing I have found that Armistice Runner after the war and D-Day Dog are being used quite a lot in schools now, which for me is awesome because I start to, I, I, you know, I'm here and I can answer questions for children, which, which is great, A, because it means they're reading the book, but B, because I can see how they're responding to the books and that will affect me with the next books I'm writing. And the, uh, the website there, what's the website where if anyone's listening to this and going, oh, I want to uh, I want to have a go at that or I want to engage with that, what was the website they can go on to? It's tompalmer.co.uk and it's, there's, right, you know, at the top of the homepage, it'll say where to go. Fantastic. And working on that, uh, your most recent work after the war uh, is also sort of based around that sort of World War II period. In it, we have three young lads, uh, Yossi, Leo and Mordecai, who have survived the horrors of uh, concentration camps and the Nazi regime. And they, they make a new life for themselves uh, up near Lake Windermere. And they're sort of trying to rebuild their lives after such a tragic event. Now, it's quite a it's quite a delicate topic, the Holocaust. And I wondered whether you had any, what you mentioned about how you only found courage through football to find uh, yeah. yourself engaging with uh, World War II and, and historical fiction. What was your, it's quite a leap forward to, to writing post-Holocaust. How did you find that? I found it extremely challenging, um, but I, I heard the story of the Windermere children and it just, I felt that that was a story that, I wanted to write and it had not been written for children. I knew there was a film coming out, although it had not been screened yet. But I was I worked very closely with the Lake District Holocaust Project, who are experts, and and they guided me very much in in how I wrote the book, what I could put in and what I couldn't put in. Um, I put some stuff in that they said you can't put that in because for various for various reasons um, to do with I think Holocaust Holocaust history. There's, cert- there's a certain path to take and you really have to know what you're talking about. And I know a bit more now, but at the time I didn't. And so I had a lot of guidance um, and not just from them, but also um, I've been working with UCL, the Holocaust um, Education Department. And um, I've been working with the Imperial War Museum and just making oh, cool. sure I get it absolutely spot on because some of these children who were 15 when they came to this country are still alive and their families are, are very much still alive. and um, if I'm telling their story, I've got to get it absolutely spot on and say nothing which will offend them. And and fortunately, fortunately, they they like the book. The families like the book, and and they're pleased that it's it's been written. But it is tough. It, it was really tough. But um, yeah. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it because um, it, although it was a massive challenge, I, I think I think with the help of those other people, I've I've done something that I can be proud of. Yeah, and I think it's also, it's part of that sort of history. I mean, you look at what's going on uh, in the world at the moment, and the fact yeah. is we have to sort of take action and, and yeah. realise that things need to change. Yeah. And so I think it's a part of history that can't be forgotten about, but you're right, it needed to be respected as you were writing it. Amazing that you had all these all these useful groups and sort of like resources to really tap into. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. And when I when I work with it in schools, I, I make a point of saying, this isn't just history. This isn't just the past. It's the future as well. And you can look at, and we talk about things in the news, say, with the Uyghur people in China and other such things that we have to be aware of and, and that we as, as citizens of one country can do a little something to, to try and make these events not happen again. Yeah. So moving from the events of the past, we now look towards your future. So wanting to see if there's anything on the horizon for, for Tom Palmer. What next book projects are you currently working on or whether you're taking a break possibly after such a heavy book? I really, it's a good question. I wanted to, I desperately wanted to take a break after, after the war. I really wanted a break and it, because it was, it was tough to write. And, um, but then, then COVID struck and four months, well, five months of school visit income fell, fell off the, fell off through yeah. the floor. And so I started writing again, but that, and that was good. I think I, I couldn't have just, I couldn't have done both. I needed a no. rest. So I had an enforced rest from school visits. But so I've been working on um, a story about the Arctic convoys in the Second World War Ooh. called Arctic Star, which is coming out in May with Barrington Stoke. Oh, um, cool. And that's been amazing learning about the Navy and the convoys, which I just, I, I think it's a forgot, it's an unknown area of history, really. Not many people know it. I certainly didn't. Yeah. So that's been interesting. And I'm also writing um, the Roy the Rovers books, but I'm doing, um, I'm doing, Roy books, but also Rocky, his sister. So yeah. it's one book, one book about Roy, one book about Rocky alternating. Oh, cool. Okay. They're writing about the women's game, which is great. Um, yeah. Because I know there's a readership out there for it. And um, as characters there, and it's quite a relief to go from sort of fun football, family stuff to intense, not very really yeah. stuff. Yeah, I can imagine it, it creates a nice balance with, you know, yeah. sort of like football and stuff, because not only do you, you know, write these sort of things, I believe you, you're you working, you mentioned Leeds earlier, you're working with Leeds United, if, that, if that's um, correct. The dream, the dream job, and I'm Leeds United Children's Writer in Residence, and, and we go into schools and do projects, we, we're working in this school at the moment um, in, in Leeds, which has got a very diverse sort of intake, and we're getting the stories of the, the year sixes, and we're going to create a mural on a wall outside the school to tell the stories of those children. And it's kind of like to show what Leeds is. Leeds isn't just people who've lived in Leeds for generations, yeah. but Leeds, Leeds is people, we're working with children from Malaysia, Pakistan, Ooh. Syria, yeah. Leeds, and other, other places. And, and their stories all coming together to say what Leeds is like now under, under the umbrella of Leeds United. It's great, I really love it. Yeah, again, so another another thing to show you just how though it's just sport, it does sport resonates through so much. Yeah. Um, I'm a big sports fan myself, so I understand the the impact sport can have, not just doing sport, but yeah. in the community and other people's lives. Yeah. Um, so it's that's they, they, as a football club, they now they've got a decent set of owners in at last. They really want to engage with the community. Obviously, they want more people to support Leeds United, but they they're doing it because they want to be part of the city and um, it's a two-way engagement between the football club and the, the you know, the, the, the rich communities of our, of our city. Mm. Well, that's, that's fantastic. I'm glad, so glad you're involved with that. And again, you've got so many like projects to, to keep you involved with. Um, so we've got some stuff to, to look forward to for 2021 as well. Indeed. Yeah. 
Well, unfortunately, it looks like we're just coming towards the end of the time, but we don't go anywhere until we launch our competition. Yes, competition time is back. And today you can grab yourself a signed copy of that book we've been having a little chat about after the war. And if you do want to try and get your hands on a copy, all you've got to do is head over to Twitter and go to our Twitter page, which is Big Kids Book Club, all one long, lovely word, and uh, send us a tweet with a hashtag after the war comp. Again, that's all one long word, after the war comp. Um, and what we want to know is we want to know, um, of course, we're talking about rebuilding lives in the peacefulness of, of Lake Windermere. So we want to know what's your most peaceful place in the world? I mean, for me, I uh, I grew up in Buckinghamshire and there was a place called Wendover Woods. And I, the, the amount of weekends we got lost in Wendover Woods, was I, I love walking in the woodlands anywhere but Wendover Woods has a special place in my heart so that's mine so maybe you have a special location anywhere in the world or maybe it's just a, a sort of a generalized maybe it's the beach or you know the garden doesn't matter so just all you have to do is send us a tweet hashtag after the war comp and tell us your most peaceful place and you could be in a chance of winning a signed copy how does that sound Tom pretty exciting that sounds great and it'd be good to see what peaceful places people come up with because uh... I like the sound of your woods. They sound good. Yeah, absolutely. So um, before we go, Tom, just want to uh, make sure people who want to know more about you, where can they go to find you? Uh, social media, websites? Yeah, uh, the website is tompalmer.co.uk and on Twitter, Tom Palmer Author, or one word fantastic well again from us here at big kids book club we want to say a big thank you to you tom thank you very much for coming on the show thank you for having me i've really enjoyed it great questions no problem whatsoever and for all of our lovely listeners we want to say a big thank you for you to listening to us and until next time keep on reading <laughs>